Many churches today are teaching that women cannot speak in the church service or in the church. They're speaking that because of a scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul said, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted for them to speak. Well, it certainly sounds like women cannot speak. I was born again in 1975, and after God revealed to me that I was to be a minister, the first thing I said to God was, what about this scripture that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14? And instantly the Holy Spirit said to me, look at that which these women were doing in that section of scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll look at verses 34 and 35. Paul says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Verse 35, And if they will learn anything... Let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. It looked to me as if these women in this example in 1 Corinthians 14 had been asking questions disrupting the church gathering. At that period of time, churches met in homes. So it would be very easy for women to rise up and ask questions and sort of take over. And I think that's what Paul was addressing in this section of Scripture. They have taken it to mean in many churches that women cannot speak at all at any part of the church, except for some reason they let them teach Sunday school class. Makes no sense whatsoever. Sometime around 1976, after I was born again, I was on a buying trip for my business to Albuquerque, New Mexico. When the plane touched down on the runway at Albuquerque, I heard from the Holy Spirit, be baptized. My cousin, who's Church of Christ member, was meeting me at the plane, and I said to her, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon, I will be baptized. And she said, but you've already been baptized. I said, yes, but I wasn't born again then. And now I am born again. And God tells me by his spirit to be baptized. So I will do that if you can set it up. She didn't understand what I was saying, but she did set it up. That afternoon when we arrived at the church building, I was really surprised about 15 of my relatives had also arrived at the church building and were seated to witness my being baptized. The minister said to me, would you like to say anything? And this really surprised me because Church of Christ doesn't allow women to speak in the church. I'm not even sure they know what the church is. 
Jesus said, For two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The church is any time that two or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus. It could be in a home, it could be in a church building, but they have taken this to mean at the church building, women cannot speak. And yet they let them teach Sunday school, so nothing makes sense to me about what they are doing today when they keep women from speaking. I know at First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, several years ago, they allowed Dale Evans Rogers, the wife of Roy Rogers, to speak at the main service. But they won't let other women speak at the main service. So see, nothing makes sense the way they're doing it. Well, I asked God, what about this scripture? And that is what he showed me. He also showed me several examples in the Bible of women being prophets, doing the work of prophets in the church. God reminded me at that time of the work of Anna. In the New Testament, Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, when they brought the baby Jesus into the church, there was one Anna, a prophetess, verse 36 of that chapter 2 of Luke. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asser. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. Now, this is a prophet. Anna is a prophet and served God with fastings and prayers night and day as a prophetess, it says. And she coming in at that instant that Jesus was brought in, she gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, for she was, it was revealed to her, this was the Messiah. And she spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So here we have an example of a woman being a prophet and speaking in the temple. Another example that God revealed to me at the time he was working with me on this subject is one of the trips Paul took. Acts 21, verse 8. And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came into Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man, Philip, had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Prophets speak to the church, not to the world, to the church. So these four daughters would have had to have been free to speak to the church. And this is what God showed me about this. 
Another outstanding example of a woman in the Bible working with the children of God is Deborah. She was a prophetess, but she judged Israel. And in Judges chapter 4, we read, starting at verse 4, And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lephidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. God gave Deborah wisdom to judge the children of Israel. Deborah also brought corrections to Barak as follows. Verse 6, And she, Deborah, sent and called Barak and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun? Apparently Barak had not done this, but he had heard to do it. So now here is Deborah, a prophet, who is being sent to him, to remind him of what God told him to do, so he will do it. And God said, I will draw unto thee to the river Kershon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, and his chariots, and his multitudes, and I will deliver them into thine hands. Verse 8, And Barak said unto her, To Deborah, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sethra into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. I certainly agree with the Apostle Paul concerning keeping order in the gathering of the church and not letting women get out of control. Several years ago, I visited a non-denominational church. The pastor was teaching the Sunday school class. One of the women in the congregation all of a sudden jumped up waved her hands in the air and began saying, Praise God, praise God, praise God. And she jumped out of her chair, ran all the way around the room, yelling, Praise God, praise God. And the pastor and the people thought that was the Holy Spirit, and they all got excited. I was horrified. I knew that wasn't the Holy Spirit. When I got out to the car, God showed me a passage in 1 Corinthians 14 where it says in the church, let all things be done decently and in order. This woman was out of order. If I had been in charge, I would have stopped it. 
So I'm in no disagreement with Paul concerning what he said in 1 Corinthians 14. But I know that many people today have misinterpreted that and are using it to try to keep women from speaking when they are legitimate ministers of God. Recently, my attention was drawn to Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. They would have to speak to be able to prophesy. Another thing that is completely wrong that's being taught in many churches today, they are teaching that Paul was the last apostle, the twelfth apostle, the last apostle. This is very wrong. We'll look at Acts chapter 1 to see who the twelfth apostle was. It was not Paul. Verse 15, Acts chapter 1. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, Men and brethren, This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost, by the mouth of David, spake before concerning Judas, which was to guide them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of his iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that Jesus was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So we're going to see who the twelfth apostle is. And they appointed to Joseph, who was called Bersabus, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. So Joseph and Matthias are the two men the apostles have picked out to replace Judas who turned Jesus over to the Jews. Joseph and Matthias. One of these 
is going to be the twelfth apostle. In the first place, if you look at the requirements they set up for this replacement of Judas, beginning from the baptism of John until that same day that Jesus was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of Jesus' resurrection. Beginning from the baptism of John unto the day Jesus was resurrected, Paul was persecuting the Christians, so it could not have been Paul at all who replaced Judas as the twelfth apostle. Matthias replaced Judas. They drew lots and they prayed and they said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whither of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Not Paul, Matthias. But Paul was an apostle, so how did this happen? How did Paul get to be an apostle? Paul is not the last apostle. Paul is one of the first of the New Testament apostles which Jesus appointed from heaven. If you will look at Ephesians 4, you will see in verse 8 that Jesus gave gifts unto men to the church. And at verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles, some apostles, multiple apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is from heaven that Jesus called his apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now look at Acts chapter 26, and you will see an example of the New Testament apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers called by Jesus from heaven and set into the ministry in the New Testament church today. Paul is speaking to King Agrippa. And in verse 9 of Acts chapter 26, Paul says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. 
Whereas I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. At midday I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Then Paul says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. The men traveling with Paul saw this light, but they didn't hear the words spoken by Jesus. They were directly spoken to Saul. This is an example of a New Testament minister. When a person is called by Jesus to be a minister in the church today, somehow Jesus communicates this to that person who's called to be a minister. There are five ministry offices apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I was taken into heaven twice as a new Christian, transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images, physical images. It was an experience in spirit. But at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus God and the Holy Spirit witnessing, I was made one with the Word of God. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened a second time. Many years later, I came to believe that at that time, I was set into the two ministry offices that I have been given to work in the church. And those offices are apostle and prophet. God started out with me, training me to be a prophet. He took me to every passage of Scripture in both the Old and New Testament, showing me the prophets and the work they did. Many people say there are no prophets in the church today. But in the Bible, in the book of Acts, there are several prophets working in the church.
And that is the New Testament church. It was after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It's the church just exactly like we have today. And there are several men named as prophets. And we've also seen there were four daughters of the evangelist Philip who were prophets. What do prophets do in the New Testament church today? Well, basically, they do the same thing they did in the Bible, all of the Bible. They carry messages of correction to the church, to individuals, as well as ministers and congregations. Also, they deliver exhortations to the church concerning the ways of God. Some of the examples of New Testament prophets are in these scriptures, which I'll read to you at this time. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days, and this is the New Testament, Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected. In these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. In Acts 21.10, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. Acts 11.28, And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Acts 15.32 And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Now this Judas was not Judas Iscariot. He had already been a traitor to Jesus and had killed himself. This is another Judas, just as there are many people named John today. There were many people in those days named Judas. So we see the naming of two more prophets in Acts 15.32, Judas and Silas. Acts 15.40, Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Paul frequently took Silas on his ministry trips. Acts 16.26 And at midnight Paul and Silas, a prophet, prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Acts 16.29 Then he called for a light and sprang in, and trembling, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Paul, an apostle, teacher, Silas, a prophet. So we see Silas many times throughout the book of Acts. If you want to look at the work of an apostle, look at Acts chapter 15. For this shows what apostles do. Today's apostles in the New Testament church primarily work 
to keep scriptures in the churches and to restore scriptures where the apostate end-time churches have removed scripture. For there are many scriptures that the end-time churches have removed because those scriptures would not be popular in society today. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you.